Bills Mafia, what is up? Welcome into the Humble and Hungry podcast. My name is Charlie Gross. Some of you know me from Built in Buffalo. Uh, I used to work at Buffalo Fanatics a long time ago, two years ago. Super excited to announce my brand new Buffalo Bills podcast, Humble and Hungry. Got a great show for you guys today. Justice Radford, you know him, one of the hardest working human beings in the Buffalo Bills content creation community, is going to be on with me for my first episode. This is going to be a daily podcast. I'm going to do five episodes a week. Justice and I, this today, are going to talk about the Stefan Diggs extension. We're going to talk about my 10-minute take video from my YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is 12 squared, the number 12 and the word squared. It's got a really cool uh, like 3D block logo uh, that's like a, sort of like a multicolor um, with a 12 on the block. You'll, you'll, you'll know what, what, I, uh, what I mean when you see it. Would be so thankful if you guys could subscribe to this podcast, if you guys could subscribe to the YouTube channel, take a look at that 10-minute take video. Before we get into the podcast with Justice, since this is my first episode, I want to let you guys know what is going on with me, what is going on with my brand. Some of you guys are familiar with my Trust the Process analytics, but myself and my wife, we've got so much more content to give you guys, so I'm going to run down that really quick. And then we're going to get into the episode with just. So I know that the words 12 squared might be a little foreign to you guys, but what we decided to do is because we have so many different things and it's just easier for branding and copywriting logos, we made a parent company called 12 squared. Underneath the 12 squared brand list, we have Trust the Process Analytics. We have Trust the Process Scouting. Yes, I will be doing scouting reports, big boards, mock drafts for the 2023 draft cycle. I am already starting to watch tape on the draft uh, prospects for the next draft, not this one, the next one. Obviously, you're listening to the Humble and Hungry podcast. We will be doing a NFL podcast. As soon as we find a a name, (laughs) we're, we're still working on a name, I'm going to have a YouTube show, a live streaming YouTube show, uh, Gridiron After Dark. It will not just be a Bills um, stream. It'll be an NFL stream, but there there will be days where I just do a Bills you know stream on it. As I mentioned, we have 10-minute takes, which is 10-minute pre-recorded videos, just a quick take, what, what I'm thinking. Um, we might do some other content called Spontaneous Reactions because I always come home and, and start uh, – being animated about something I saw on Twitter, and my wife's always like, well, why didn't you just record that? So we might we might do something like spontaneous rants. Um, I have a bi-weekly analytics newsletter. I know you guys are probably familiar with Tyler Dunn and his Go Long newsletter. I'm going to be doing something similar. It's going to be called Inside 7, and that'll be an analytics newsletter dealing with all the metrics and player grades that we have with Trust the Process Analytics. Uh, my wife and I are also be doing YouTube reactions, so music, Star Wars, Game of Thrones, uh, all, all kinds of stuff like that. We're hoping to create a really cool uh, YouTube community on the YouTube channel, and we're going to be doing some gaming content. Uh, there's not many gaming 
streams out there who have couples, like couples playing games together. Um, so we're going to find a way to do that and, and stream that and put some videos up on the YouTube channel. So we would really appreciate you guys uh, watching any of the videos, uh, liking the content, commenting, subscribing to the podcast, all that stuff. But enough of me babbling on about the 12 squared. Let's get into the episode with Justice coming up next. Bills Mafia, what is up? And welcome into the very first episode of the Humble and Hungry podcast here on the 12 Squared brand, the 12 Squared network. And I have a very special guest with me. I'm sure you all know him. One of the hardest working men in the and women in the Buffalo Bills content creation community. My man, Justice, is with me. What's going on, man? Oh man, I wow, I feel so special. First ever guest. Oh man, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> you know, I love Charlie. Like, you know, uh, always enjoy every single time we've worked together. It has been an absolute blast. And, you know, um, I, I really appreciate you having me on the show today. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, I've always enjoyed working with you. And for somebody who doesn't know, I don't know how they would not know, but you, about, about a month ago, recently, I would say, got uh hired uh promoted whatever the case may be to be the director of the podcast and youtube division over at the buffalo fan base and for the people who don't know it's basically littered with everybody who created the bills mafia hashtag all the old people not not in age wise just in fandom from the old bills message boards that bruce nolan will talk about so you're doing great stuff over there with Caveman and Jake Jordan and Ryan. So that's awesome. I'm, I'm really happy for you guys. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. That's, oh, my God. Crazy. Just crazy. Um, You know, when uh, I guess when one door closes, another one opens. So, <laughs> yeah, man, hard, hard work will pay off, man. That, that's obvious, you know, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it feels good, you know, to for it to work out, you know. So I'm, I'm very happy. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, I'm about to take it over. <laughs> <laughs> so, we've got some stuff to talk about today. The first of all, this offseason has been crazy. I've never seen an offense, an offseason like this, just in terms of the league and, and what Brandon Bean has done. I think, um, maybe my last episode was right around the Von Miller signing, which is awesome. But everybody got real worried in the last 10 days because he got Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, all these guys getting new contracts being traded. And they're all from teams with big quarterback salaries. And we know the Bills got a big quarterback salary. And when asked about it, you know, Brandon Bean gave his answer, which I think is now code for, I'm going to sign this guy tomorrow. Uh, We got Stefan. He's on a two-year contract. We're not worried about it. And then they hit him, hit us, hit him with a giant extension to keep him here. And basically they said that he's going to retire here as a bill, whether that's at the end of this extension or they, they you know, get them another year or two after that. Big extension. I'm sure Josh Allen's excited. Certainly Diggs was excited. I'm excited. I'm sure you're excited. Well, what were your thoughts when you when you heard that news? Um, 
I mean, I I wasn't like scared about you know all those little tweets or whatever, but you know, I ain't gonna lie, I was a little, I was a little worried. Um, I was a little bit concerned. Uh, you know, there were other people who were like super confident, and and it's not that I wasn't. You know, I still think we have like two years left on this deal. I'm sure that it could have been resolved at some point, no matter what. Uh, but somehow Brandon Bean made it happen. I don't know what exactly the salary cap is anymore because I don't know how it works or, or <laughs> this like, it, are they using like literal magic? I, I have no clue. So I just know a lot of people's bonuses get, or I'm sorry, there's their salaries get turned into bonuses and then we signed Von Miller and then we extend digs. And then, you know, so uh, Brandon Bean keeps making it happen uh, somehow. And uh, I, I was really excited to, you know, obviously have one of, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL, uh, you know, back with the best quarterback in the NFL. So uh, super, super excited. Yeah, definitely. And I, I listened to his press conference today. I know I believe it was yesterday. And I don't think I've heard him talk a whole lot. But I was super impressed with him. I was super impressed with just how important leadership was to him and kind of earning his keep. And you can tell that that he's a, a great, seems like a great person, a great person for that locker room, uh, hard worker, great you know role model for the young guys. And going to the salary cap, man, I've done some – I'm just looking at the salary cap, and I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm not really sure how they're doing it either, to be honest. A lot of lot of base salaries, committing to bonuses, and and next year is really when some of the funky stuff starts to happen because because Josh becomes you know 18 percent of the salary cap and and this that and the other. So, but then his gonna, salary turns into a bonus. So like then what? Like I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some some weird stuff going on, but. But there's a, those are tools that Brandon Bean ha- has at his disposal. And the most important thing is that Josh Allen's comfortable, that he's got his guy. And, I mean, I, I'm not a big believer in the Super Bowl window. I'm a big believer in let's just make the playoffs every year, be as good as we can, keep improving and see what happens. And that's what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. That that makes a ton of sense. You know, you, you shoot for the Super Bowl every year, of course, because that's the ultimate goal. But ultimately – Make the playoffs every year, and then once you get to the playoffs, it's all randomness. For the most part, it's like 85% randomness, right? You know, maybe a two seed will blow out a seven seed. Like, okay, I get that. But, like, you know, there are some wild things happening in the playoffs that nobody expects. And, you know, having a guy like Josh Allen and now Stefan Diggs for the long term, you know, guys like that, every year going into the playoffs, you give yourself a, a shot to, you know, win the Lombardi every time. Um, you know, and, and not to mention, you know, they, they're keeping players on this defense. Uh, they they have a very good defensive philosophy that seems to work even with maybe not great talent, you know, as, as good a talent as some of the other top defenses in the NFL. Uh, and they, they, they do it and they do it at a high level. You know, people say things like, you know, the, the uh, lack of uh, – I'm sorry, the backup quarterbacks and everything like that, it contributed to the number one defense. But, like, those were bad quarterbacks that played a lot of other AFC teams too. And no other AFC team that played those horrible quarterbacks could get the number one defense. So I still think there is some credence and, um, you know, that their accomplishment should be uh, acknowledged. And then, you know, you take that number one defense and you just – 
absolutely bolstered its one weakness, which was the defensive line this offseason. Um, yeah, man, I, I think that going forward for at least the next two to three years, the Bills will put themselves in a position to contend for a title, really no matter what, barring, you know, God forbid, injury. So, Right, and I think, too, it's a great point about, you know, the defense. I, I heard a podcast today, and, and the host was talking about, well, did the, the Bills traded out this and they got this and this guy's this age and this guy's that age and did they really improve? And I think they all, they, of course they improved on the defensive line. And I think they're going to surprise people with the structure of the way the offense is. I think there's a good chance. Obviously the draft hasn't happened yet. It's in about 21 days or so. I think they could draft a wide receiver in the first two or three rounds. I think they probably should. But I also think that we're going to see more two tight end sets. And and this isn't you know a new idea I'm suggesting here. A lot of other people believe the same thing. But I just think that you know that's like the next evolution is is getting Dorsey, bringing his ideas in there. And I'm not saying they're never going to go ten personnel. They're never going to go eleven personnel. That's what they're best at. But bringing in these two tight ends, you've got two really athletic guys. And I think that that's kind of what cushions Gabe Davis for what seems like a, you know, a promotion to wide receiver too, because Diggs is obviously first. And then to me, it's almost just a committee like wide receiver two or pass catcher two is really just a big committee of, of Knox uh, crowd, you know, Crowder Davis, you know, maybe not O.J. Howard necessarily, but I, I just think it's whoever's open is going to get the ball. So I think that that cushions Gabe Davis because Gabe Davis, we don't know what he's going to look like with more attention because there's always been sort of that other guy there to take attention. So now, dynamic playmaker down the field, great around the sideline, but if he does struggle a little bit at the beginning of the year with some added things, we've got Knox. We, we've got, you know, O.J. Howard. Maybe they add a pass catching back. I know they already had, added Duke Johnson. So I think the stuff that Dorsey's going to do in terms of how the offense is structured is going to help, um, you know, a little bit with that and 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 keep people on their toes and defenses on their toes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think that, first of all, I look at Ken Dorsey and – I see somebody who maybe has never been like an offensive coordinator before. So you don't necessarily know what to expect, but he was the passing game coordinator last year. So, I mean, he coordinated the passing game. So, I mean, we know we have a great passing game, especially with the weapons uh, accessible to him. Uh, so I, I have supreme confidence in his passing ability. And then not only that, but you have Joe Brady and Mike Shula coming in. The two guys I think are really great football minds specifically offensive uh minds and uh, i think having them you know in his ear and letting him you know maybe seeing things he can't see the different perspective you know like three geniuses creating one human <laughs> mind i think you know uh, and then not only that but cromer coming back to do the offensive line which was the last time you know we had a, a top five rushing attack without our quarterback doing like 65 percent of the lifting um Although Tyrod did a lot of the, but you know what I mean? Like LaShawn yeah. McCoy in that running yeah. attack was still pretty good. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, that all coming together would, would create maybe a more uh, productive and efficient, uh, you know, rushing attack. Uh, I, and the thing about Gabe Davis is um, 
I think that him being wide receiver number two, of course, is uh is gonna be new. It's gonna be an adjustment. Uh, we'll see how he handles it. I think that he from what we've heard from people like around one Bill's drive and, and everything is like he's not only going to be able to handle it, but he's going to be excel at it. You know, um, you know, we Emmanuel Sanders was just on you know TV saying it the other day that you know Gabe Davis reminds him of the Demarius Thomases, the Mike Tom, like you know, good some of the other great wide receivers he played with, and having Stefan Diggs on the other side of the football field is going to benefit him greatly. I think that Jamison Crowder is also a very capable wide receiver, and he's going to at least need to be respected to a degree because he is also very fast. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, uh, you you have your gadget guy. We'll see what he looks like on a consistent basis, but we know that right. he has the you know propensity to go out there and, and make big plays and, and, and you know, do game-changing things at times, you know. So we'll see if he can be a little more consistent in that area. Uh Duke Johnson is an explosive back out of the backfield. I think Devin Singletary is still and should have always been RB one number one. I think you know, and that, you know Dawson Knox is coming into his own. I think he solidified himself as at least a top ten tight end in the league. You know, knocking oh, yeah. on that door of top five. Uh, and then OJ Howard. I feel like essentially, if you have the eleven personnel in there, you basically have two big wide receivers that can block. You know, uh, and then Gabriel Davis is a third that can block who, I mean, he's lanky, but he, right, he's right. as big as a tight end. Uh, you know, so I, I think they can have a little fun uh, with this. And I think that there will be so much, you know, talent around the football that Gabriel Davis is still going to find his opportunities to be open. Because I also very much believe that we are going talent in the first round of the draft. So, like, whichever I, – I feel like a wide receiver is going to be the best player available, and I think we're going to get one of them. So – well. Speaking of Gabe Davis, <laughs> we're recording this on Friday. People are going to hear it on Monday or see it on Monday on YouTube. In between Friday and Monday, uh, I will have released my first 10-minute take video, and it's entitled Reasons Why the Buffalo Bills Should Trade Gabe Davis. So the basic premise is that I feel like the Bills have – we all know Brandon Bean has a certain price tag for players. He 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 says it right. Like we'll we'll love to have you back if if you fall in our range. And I feel like the Bills have a structure of what each position group should count against the salary cap from a percentage wise point of view. Now, obviously, quarterback, you know, it whatever it takes at that point. But that's going to affect obviously. Like Josh Allen right now is like 5% of the cap. Okay, next year he's like 9%. The year after that, it's like 20%. So then you've got the Diggs contract, and I understand that the average yearly value isn't necessarily what hits, but as, as of right now, his cap hits are like 21 million, 26 million, 26 million. They, they put out the numbers today on Friday. So I'm just looking at it like Gabe Davis is on his way to 20 million too, I would think. So my point is, is how do you in terms of how much money they want to contribute to a quarterback, a wide receiver, and another wide receiver, how does that fit into the structure of, you know, Tremaine Edmonds, we know, is, is going to be due for an extension. Then Ed Oliver comes along. Dawson Knox, you know, needs an extension. 
Uh, you, like Trey White will be on a, a third contract. Uh, you know, Dawkins is going to need a third contract. There, there's, you know, there's all Milano's going to come up again in two years. So there's all these these guys. So my 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 thing isn't isn't they should trade them. It's it's more of like I don't want them to trade them, but I guess I'm saying how do they keep them? And I know they can do the the weird New Orleans Saints thing where they just. But I feel like Brandon Bean doesn't want to go fully down that path. So would they have to sacrifice a Jordan Poyer this year, or would they maybe have to not resign Tremaine? Like, like how does I guess what I'm saying is how does it how are they going to fit it in there? And I'm not sure any of us have the idea. But I wanted to raise the the question of what do they do? You 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 can't. We've seen you can't keep everybody. When when is Gabe uh, scheduled to be? Do for a new contract. He doesn't get a fifth year option. I'm no, sure, so, so two. So he has the 2022 season and the 2023 season, and then he's then it would be his extension the same time that that the Diggs extension money hits, and into Josh's second year on his extension, Dawson Knox would need an extension after this season, 2022. Oliver would get an extension in 2024. You know, see what I'm saying? So it's like this convalescence of, of all this kind of money that's hitting at the same time. So, like, see, they might have to just let somebody go. Here's the thing. When I look at the Buffalo Bills front office structure, right, I see a very capable scouting department, right? And they're able to keep really good players. Like, if I, if I take a look at – since the beginning of their regime, who were the really good players? Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Tredavious White, Deion Dawkins, you know. And then they drafted Josh Allen. They they got Tremaine Edmonds. They got Teron Johnson. They got Ed Oliver. Like, they contributed to all this stuff. And to this point, they've been able to keep everybody, everybody that was of that magnitude of value. You know, even when we thought we would lose Matt Milano, he came right back. Uh, you know, so I, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like, and plus not only that, but we still need to kind of see what Gabriel Davis can do. Uh, although I do have immense, uh, trust in, in what he can become. I have a lot of faith in it. I think that he can be a really good wide receiver. Um, he still, he has to earn that, you know, it's not just going to come like at this point. And am I giving, Gabriel Davis the supermax or is he getting paid like a top 10 receiver no absolutely not so and we need to see what he does and how he fits into his new role in Buffalo um and you know you could figure that out as we go and not only that but I think that a lot of the bills like backups like depth pieces are guys who are are really good you know for like you know who they are and where they're playing like like for instance you look at the debt pieces on the bills like the linebackers andre smith jr terrell dotson uh tyler madikat like those guys are really good like they're good like they can start on a lot of defenses in this league oh yeah no doubt their debt pieces is here because our scouting department is like so good that we're able to you know fit guys in roles where they can you know excel and not only that, but obviously the scheme is 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 always like I I say you know McFraser's scheme is so good because they do they do it with probably lesser talent than the other great defenses in the league, 
and they still are able to get the absolute most out of these people. So if I take that into consideration, there are certain people where it's kind of like, well, certain people become expendable. If you if you perform very badly, then you're probably not going to be here. Like Ty, you know, Trent Murphy, uh, Vernon Butler, uh, you know, guys like that. And then sometimes you have to release an AJ Klein, and maybe that doesn't feel good, but he's not one of those high value pieces, you know. So I think being able to keep your guys that are going to be a part of your core. At this moment, if you ask me if Gabriel Davis is a part of this team's core, I would say no. He's not a part a part of one of those core players that the Buffalo Bills definitely see, you know, as a viable option in the next five years, right? You know, that's reserved for your right. your Josh's, your 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 Tremaine Edmonds, your Levi Wallace. I'm sorry, Tre'Davious White's your your Stephon Diggs. You know, Ed Oliver's guy like guys like that. I don't think Gabriel Davis is that yet. I think he's he's coming upon it and maybe knocking on that door, but not yet. He would need to have a really big season, like a like a Cole Beasley 2020 type of season in order for people to kind of give him that praise that, you know, I think people are expecting him to reach. Yeah, and I guess that was kind of my point is we hope he gets there, but I just don't think he's he's there yet. So let's let's you know, like, let's wait and see. There's two quick things that I, I wanted to um, get into with you um, that I we kind of didn't plan for, so we're going to shoot for the hip. Um, but before we do that, you want to tell everybody about Buffalo fan base, what, what you got going on there, what show, what shows you're doing. I, I know you, you got most of your shows from your your former place of employment that, that that you're working on. So let everybody know where they can find you and your work, and, and then we'll we'll move on to two quick topics after that. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, man, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, I am podcasting YouTube manager at Buffalo Fan Base, as, as Charlie mentioned earlier. I am the host of the Justice for All podcast, um, Tuesdays, 9 p.m. Uh, I got <laughs> Britain Coffee, uh, uh, all American uh, from Utah, uh, coming on my show next week. So that is super exciting. That's going to be um, on a Thursday night at nine, actually. Uh, so it's not going to be on Tuesday, but that is something I'm very excited for. Also got another extremely exciting guest that's going to be coming up in these in these uh, next few weeks. So uh, definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, I do home field advantage with my man, uh, Mike K-Man Lisman. Uh, on Wednesdays at nine. And then, of course, uh, first round by my man, Jake Jordan. Uh, Fridays at nine and so many great shows uh, on the schedule. So please check out every single one of them. Uh, they're all, you know, great shows. And, uh, you know, we, we, we look forward to uh, having more shows very soon. <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah. I mean, you guys do great work. All, all the guys that, that you got under there, I think are all fantastic. Um, so uh, two things that I wanted to get into. One thing I just remembered uh, as we were talking about Gabe Davis, I don't know if you saw this, but there was that report maybe a week ago about the Bills um, being willing to part with a veteran to trade up in the draft. And for those of you who don't know the report, or it came from a guy named Zig Fracassi. Uh Zig used to work w- way back like around like 1999. Buffalo actually had two sports radio stations. One was GR, which everybody knows. The other one was uh, 
WNSA, which was owned by the Regis family who owned the Sabres at the time. I believe Zig worked there for a little while. Then he left Buffalo, and he's been in Vegas, I think, ever since. So he's not just some random guy. He's got connections in the industry. And he he said that he had some of his people he knew had talked about that. Well, what are your thoughts about that? And and I was trying to think of who it might be. And it would have to be somebody fairly young. You know what I mean? Like you're not trading. I mean, you're not trading like you know a Mitch 34 Morris. year old guy. You know, yeah. It have to be like a guy in his 20 mid 20s or something. Yeah. So I just didn't. What were your thoughts on that? Um, if you had any a veteran, that is interesting. What my, is my mind went to Tremaine Burbage. Edmonds or like. <laughs> I mean, who, I mean, who Tremaine else? Emmons is a veteran at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, he's a veteran. Um, hmm. You're not trading Matt Milano. Um, right. It's like, well, who are, who would they be willing to trade? Who, who another team would value enough to let them be? Damn move sure up? not trading to Ron Johnson. Right. Uh, who I guess at this point would be a veteran as well. Most you're of not the other Dawkins, people, right? Like, no, you're no, not trading. I mean, you're the whole defensive line is super young, right? And then, or or if it's not young, it's guys you just brought in, so you're not trading right. them. Linebacking core, maybe Tyler Maddock, but he's not of value. I mean, I, I like Tyler Maddock average a lot, but I don't think like he would demand you picks in the draft. You know what I mean? Um, right. Damn, that's tough. Well, that's why I went maybe to one Tremaine of the Edmonds. I'm like, Poyer, maybe? I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, maybe Poyer. Not that I maybe. want them to, but I just, it's that's a really interesting yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm just trying right? to think of maybe who's like the most logical. Because Tremaine Edmonds, I feel like would, <clears throat> I, it, it'd be tough to trade Tremaine Edmonds this deep into the off season when you got to figure out a way to now get a, you know, a director of your defense for the season right. upcoming. I feel like Tremaine Emmons is pretty entrenched unless like some wild stuff happens. I feel like, oh man, that's tough. Like, yeah, I can and really I think they love think Tremaine. The I'm safeties. just saying like, who, who's the veteran that could allow them to move up that they'd be okay yeah. with getting rid of. I, yeah, it's either Tremaine or one of the safeties is the only ones I could think of. Yeah. I, I just thought that was interesting. Um, and then Unless you're talking about like Saran Neal, no, he just resigned too. Like he wasn't getting yeah. value, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm just so I, I told you pre-show. Ah, was Zach this... Moss. <laughs> I mean, may, maybe Zach Moss <laughs> is a veteran at this point. Yeah, I... so is Devin Singletary for that matter. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I guess I'm not really sure. That's. So, I told you that there was Tom Brady news, mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is this is totally wild to me. So, I'm gonna just read you these two things really quick, and then you can just like give me your reaction. This is from po- Pro Football Talk, who got it from Ben Volin, who worked for the Boston Globe. Okay. Tom Brady's plans following retirement took many intriguing turns. Reports came out by Mike Florio that Brady was extremely close to becoming a minority owner and the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. Brady retired on February 1st, and he was going to announce his move to Miami as soon as the following week. 
The Dolphins were also going to get Sean Payton to coach the team, but Brian Flores' lawsuit happened to come on the same day that Brady retired. Ross wanted badly wanted Brady in part to bring sizzle to the Dolphins, in part to stick it to the Patriots. And then there's a tweet here from Luke Easterling, who works for the Pewter Report in Tampa Bay. Uh, they've been around forever. And this is sort of a quick summary. I guess the stuff, the San Francisco stuff was real. Uh, so tweet from Luke Easterling. So for those keeping score at home, Tom Brady retired because Bruce Arians is lazy, a lazy meanie pants was going to come back and play for the 49ers. Then he was going to buy part of the Dolphins and play for them. And then he made Arians retired so he could play for the Bucks again. I know there's a lot there to unpack, but I believe all of it. I mean, like, and the article goes on to say that that since Brady only has one year left on his contract, the Dolphins thing will probably happen next year. So if you bought stock in Tua, you might. And like I told you, I've kind of feel bad for Tua at this point. I know he's not, you know, athletically gifted like Josh, but he's been screwed over by the Dolphins. There's no way around it. What the guys if only played like Dolphins like 15 are, games? What if the Dolphins are retooling for Brady? I didn't think about that. Yeah, I mean, suddenly yeah, you drop into a situation with Tyreek and Waddle and exactly. Gasecki, and maybe suddenly Gronkowski shows up, and you've got definitely. a pretty decent offensive line. You've got a great defense. I don't know. I was just bizarre. Tua is 100% getting Josh Rosen. Yeah, I'm like, what are they doing over the? I, I don't know. I just, yeah. it's too bad. I mean, but they shot his trade value in the face, like, literally. Right. So now you can't even get anything for your number five overall asset. Right. And like, the owner was the guy who wanted him. Flores didn't want him. Then, then all of a sudden they wanted Watson, but then they didn't want Watson. I, I don't know. I mean, that's, that, that's a great example of, a franchise, how an owner can ruin a franchise. Like, just sit down and shut up. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, like, hire the right people and then just get out of the way. And let them do their job. Yeah, and, and some owners can't do it. So. I believe every single thing that was said about Brady from the from the 49ers talk, because I've heard, I've heard those stories. Like, I've heard that report before. Not only that, but I remember Tom Brady was on the shop, LeBron James show on HBO, and he was like, he wanted to go some one place and they decided they were going to keep the other guy. He was like, are you fucking kidding me? You're going to keep that other fucking guy? He fucking <laughs> sucks. And it was 100% <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo. Like it was 1 million percent Jimmy Garoppolo. So I believe that I believe him buying, you know, the dog. I don't know if that's legal. Like, can you buy stock in the team and play for them? <laughs> And then, of course, like it goes on to say that eventually he wanted to put together an ownership group and like buy the Dolphins, like if he ever retired. What did what did Bill Belichick do to him? Oh my God! Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, back in like the sixties and seventies, you know, there was that. I'm, I'm not saying a guy like Dick Buckus owned the Bears, but I, I'm sure that I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> What the league would do, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, because I mean, it's 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 so. Only reason I ask is because 
uh, Michael Jordan. I remember he like bought the Wizards, I believe it was. And then like he wanted to come back and play and they were like, well, you can't like own them and play. So then he sold his stock in the Wizards, came back and played for the Wizards. And then he bought the Bobcats or the Hornets or whatever the hell they are now. Um, so, yeah, I, I, that's the only reason I ask. But it's Tom Brady. Yeah, maybe, I don't know, he's Superman. He can do whatever he want, honestly. Yeah, they'd, they'd probably just change something. Sure, Tom, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, whatever you want, man. Well, I want to thank you, Justice, for coming on the the podcast, vidcast with me. I appreciate it on this very first episode. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, Justice is the man in charge of the digital, visual, and audio content over at Buffalo Fanbase. Uh, you know, me and my wife just started this company. 12 squared we got all these brands underneath it all this stuff i've been talking about doing i'm gonna put up this real quick for the viewers in case you're wondering what we got going on uh 12 squared is the parent company we got the trust the process analytics we do some scouting i'm gonna do an nfl podcast if i can ever think of a name this is the humble and hungry podcast gonna do a, a live streaming show at some point gridiron after dark i got a 10 minute take video dropping well it would have dropped by the time you heard this this weekend we also got a reaction channel for those of you who don't like sports. We're going to do some gaming. We've got all kinds of stuff going on. Appreciate you guys if you would check out any of this content that you want to. Once again, want to thank Justice for coming on. That Justice, any so final cool. words? Yeah, hell yeah. That is cool as hell, Charlie. Like, that's dope. Like, you making me want to do even more work now. Like, like, like you, you making me want to get out there and just, like, go crazy. Like, seriously. That's dope. That's dope. That's stuff. And also, if your your NFL podcast, you can just make it an extension of this one. Yeah, I'm yeah, I might I might do that. I, I like I said, I can't really think of a, a cool name. So I, I'm the names just, are really what's holding us back at this point. Um because because we're having trouble thinking of some. So um if anyone has any suggestions they want to throw our way, um Humble you know, and hungry, like NFL version, or I don't know. You think of something cool? I, I, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Um, you'll be fine. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be mean to anybody. Um, I will say though, and I think Justice will agree with me on at least the first point. Bet on yourself. Um, <clears throat> and also, if you don't think that you have the time to do something, or you don't think you can do something, you really can. Uh, you know, you just got to make the choice to do it. You got to have people around you who are willing to support you and, you know, occasionally not see you that often. Um, but obviously I have a wife, I have four kids and I, I'm still doing all that stuff. So it is possible <laughs> and I'm really tired and I appreciate your support. <laughs> <laughs> it is whether, whether you think you can or you can't, you are right. So think you can do it. That's right. Bet on yourself. Work hard. It'll manifest for you. Thank you, Justice. A million percent. Thank you, Charlie. Appreciate you, bro.